Hello, this is Dr. Ed Hill, host of This Week in the Word, where we grow in our knowledge of the Word of God and our walk with Christ. Thank you for joining us on this episode. We've been in a series recently entitled Future Trends, talking about Bible prophecy, how to understand that better, and how to live for the Lord in the light of Bible prophecy. Well, let me bring us up to date here. And again, welcome. We have looked on this week in the Word at the Psalms. We have spent about four months walking with Christ through the Gospel of Mark. And currently, as I mentioned, we're in a brief series called Future Trends. And I'd like to encourage you to listen to previous episodes of Future Trends so you can catch up with us if you've just joined us today and understand things that we've already gone over, which will help you understand more about Bible prophecy in the future as we go forward. But you're probably not going to do that, are you? You're not going to go back and listen to those earlier episodes. I hope you will. But let me give you a quick overview if you've just joined us for the first time, and this will help all of us, kind of a refresher. First of all, one of the future trends is the age in which we live. Jesus said that we would know that we were nearing the end of the current age and his return because it would be like the days of Noah. He explained that the days of Noah, in those days before Noah entered the ark, and by the way, the ark was an actual real ship approximately the size of a battleship. It was really real, and there was a real flood that destroyed everyone on the earth except Noah and his family. But just prior to that, Noah had been preaching about God's judgment that was going to come on the world. And Jesus said about the days of Noah that they were eating and drinking, you know, going on with life as normal. They were marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark and the flood came. So the age right before the return of Christ will be like that. In many respects, it will be completely normal. And yet, one of the emphases there, I believe, is that the days of Noah were characterized by a time in which people were completely self-absorbed in their own pursuits. They did not think about this life or the afterlife. So that's one of the future trends. I believe we see that to a great degree now. We are living on the eve of destruction in this world. We're in a tiny protective bubble at this time. But what is this world going to be like when, not if, terrorists gain control of nuclear weaponry? What will that world be like then? What will it be like if people intent on controlling the world gain control of weapons of mass destruction, nuclear, biological, and chemical warfare weapons. Before World War II was unleashed on Europe, 
Winston Churchill was virtually a lone voice warning Europe about the gathering storm in Nazi Germany. He was ridiculed, ignored, and mocked. When World War II exploded upon Europe, Winston Churchill was the man that England turned to to save them in their darkest days because he warned about the gathering storm. Another future trend that I believe we're actually seeing to a great degree today is apostasy. Apostasy is a Bible word, but it simply means that people become unfaithful to the true faith of Christ. Jesus warned that the time would come when people would be ashamed of him and his words. I want to read that passage to you right here, and that is in the Gospel of Mark 8.38. Whosoever therefore shall be ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him also shall the Son of Man be ashamed when he cometh in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. So we see there that Christ predicted that this time would exist in world history. I believe that we are living in the early stages, or maybe late stages, I guess truly is what I believe, of the apostasy. People who should be loyal to Christ and his word, I'm talking about professing Christians, mainline churches are now ashamed of Christ and his word. We see things such as the so-called emerging church, which professes to be Christian and yet denies so much of what Christ is and what he teaches. We see that in revisionist theology in the mainline churches, which have virtually walked away from the true gospel of Christ. They have a form of religion, but deny the power of a true life-changing faith. So I think that we live in an age that is like the days of Noah before judgment fell on the world. We live in a time of apostasy that is growing and growing. But I also believe that one of the future trends according to God's word is what we talked about in our last episode, the rapture of the church. The rapture of the church. There's a time coming in the future, I believe it could be near, where Christ will return for his bride, his church, and take all true believers home with him to heaven. That includes resurrecting the bodies of those who have already died in Christ. They will go before us. We will go right after them, but we go to heaven for seven years, the wedding supper of the Lamb, to receive the rewards that Christ presents to his church for faithful service. While we're there, the tribulation period unfolds on planet Earth. Christ actually warned about that tribulation period, especially what he called the great tribulation. We don't know when the rapture, the catching away of the church is going to happen. 
It will be without warning. It will be completely unexpected by agnostics, Scientologists, Hindus, Muslims, Buddhists, Jewish people who do not yet believe in Christ. It will be completely unexpected by atheists. It will be completely unexpected by professing Christians who say they believe in Christ but actually do not and are not saved. The world will be caught by complete surprise by the instantaneous removal of the church. Of course, I believe for many secularists, they will be dancing in the streets on that day. Finally, whatever happened to them, those obnoxious Christians are gone. But the tribulation period begins to unfold on the earth and it will be, Jesus said, the worst time the world has ever seen. Never been a time before like it. Will never be a time like it after those days. Now, that's a very solemn warning from the Lord Jesus Christ himself. But what I would like to focus on today in this episode is AI. What is that? AI stands for Artificial Intelligence. And sometimes when I think about it, I think that all of man's intelligence is artificial. Uh, it's actually not very impressive when you take a hard look at it compared to the authentic intelligence of the Lord. But AI stands for artificial intelligence, machines that are programmed to do thinking. So, what I want to do is I want to plug that in for us today. What happens when machines begin to think? And how might that figure into the tribulation period? I want to show you a passage of Scripture. And as I mentioned, I'm using Bible Gateway and things like that. So it takes me a little bit of time sometimes to find these. Okay, so what I want to read for you here are the words of Jesus himself in Luke 21, verses 34 to 36. And take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting and drunkenness and cares of this life. And so that day come upon you unawares. For as a snare shall it come on all them that dwell on the face of the whole earth. Watch ye therefore and pray always that ye may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. I want to read Revelation 3.10. These are also the direct words of the Lord Jesus Christ. He said here in Revelation 3, verse 10, Because thou hast kept the word of my patience, I also will keep thee from the hour of temptation, which shall come upon all the world to try them that dwell upon the earth. Wow, what, what is being spoken of here in this passage? Well, what's being spoken of, Christ mentioned a snare that was coming. 
And he spoke of this like a trap that will entrap the entire world, but that true believers in Christ, not that they would be kept through that time, but that they would be kept from it, out of it, saved or uh, spared from that time. But he said it's coming upon the entire world. How does AI or artificial intelligence, or how could that play into that tribulation period? Well, let me say this very quickly. I believe that any time since Christ has ascended back to heaven, since that time, he could have returned at any time, that his rapture of the church was imminent. It was possible at any time. And that the, the means of fulfilling prophecy literally would have been available in any age and it would have been fulfilled just as he said it would be. I believe that artificial intelligence, if the return of Christ were to come in the near term, could well play a part, and, and I believe obviously it could in the long-term future. But let's say that the world existed a thousand more years and artificial intelligence no longer existed as something else was there. It wouldn't matter. Whenever Christ returns, the things going on in the world at that time will literally fulfill what his word says about his return. But could artificial intelligence play a major part, be a very useful tool in the surveillance society of the tribulation period of one world governance? You see, the smart alecks among us the globalists, the progressives, and so on, are working feverishly to bring about the uh, diminishment or the complete elimination of national government so that the entire world can be globally governed, centralized government, one world government. That will require controlling people. We live right now, as I record this in May 2019, in a surveillance society. We all have cell phones. I'm not against cell phones. I have one and use one every day. But we can be tracked through our cell phones. The very dollar bills that we use in America have security threads in them. Uh, our dollars are literally able to be tracked, for example, at airports. The government knows where all of this money is going, coming and going to. Uh, we have obviously, not, I'm, not a, I'm not an expert on technology. I just use it, just like you do. But we have credit cards with chips in them. We have other things with chips in them like dishwashers that basically all of this is trackable Alexa and Siri are always listening if I had asked you 15 years ago would you be willing to have your home bugged to be under 24 hour surveillance everywhere you go at home on your phone and so on you would have said have you lost your mind and yet today, many people are putting listening devices 
and cameras in their home, Alexa, Siri, and so on. And these may have helpful um, aspects to them right now, but obviously they can be used against us. When people like Elon Musk and Bill Gates start telling us they're worried about artificial intelligence, we know we have problems. I mean, think about what I just said. And they're not uh, whacked out Bible believers like some of you think I am right now. These are, these are what the world would consider some of the sharpest minds in the world. They have concerns about artificial intelligence, where it's going and how it can be misused against us. Did you know that cameras exist now that have the ability to recognize one person in a crowd of hundreds of thousands. Like for example, if the authorities are looking for you, you can be found very quickly through facial recognition cameras. People who spend their time thinking about freedom and security and all of these topics point out that China is mastering the art of tracking their citizens and keeping everybody in line through technology. And you know, the amazing thing is, is that American tech companies are willingly helping them do this. I assure you that once all of this is perfected by China, there's no very good reason why every government in the world would not want that same ability for security purposes and whatever other veil they might want to put over that. But facial recognition cameras means that you can be tracked and found everywhere. I want to read a passage to you now. So let's, uh, let me find the, the verse that I want to read, a couple of verses here. Luke 21, 16 and 17. This is Jesus speaking. And ye shall be betrayed both by parents and brethren and kinsfolk and friends. And some of you shall they cause to be put to death. And ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake. Wow. Jesus predicted a time on earth when those closest to us would be our biggest threats. Some of you have perhaps seen the movie I'm, with Mark Wahlberg in it. I believe it's entitled Sniper. It's where he's set up and framed for assassinating uh, the President of the United States, I think it is, if I remember correctly. Well, he happens to have tapes of the FBI's involvement and a senator's involvement in illegal activities and um, that would back up everything he was saying of how he was framed and all of that. But at a certain point near the end of that movie, he squirts lighter fluid on this tape, uh, tape player and sets it on fire while he's being asked, what are you doing? That's your proof. And he says, it's radioactive. We can't keep this. It will lead to our death is basically what he's saying. Well, there's something about artificial intelligence that's radioactive. China, in the facial recognition software and all of that, 
also combines this with social scores where people are rated on basically uh, that they're playing baseball with a Chinese government. You know, how, how, how obedient they are is what it amounts to. And the, the radioactive part of that is they know everyone who communicates with that person, which will affect their social score, their ability to get and keep a job or get an education and maybe even other threats way worse than all of that. So people begin to shun that person that has a low social score. Think about what I'm saying. And you may say, this is, this is ridiculous. Well, wait till it's perfected. And I can envision governments of the world or a world government using that to keep people in line. Another thing to think about is the fact that money is increasingly uh, non-existent. It's digitalized. We take paper checks to the bank or deposit them electronically. The money, you know, our money is in the bank, but it's really just, it's really not there. It's just, it's digitized. And a cashless society is a society that can be controlled. Because if your bank account can be frozen with the click of a mouse or however they might do it, all of a sudden that government has your attention because you can't buy anything. You can't sell anything because your money is all digital. I say resist by all means. <laughs> Use cash everywhere you go. I do. Years ago, when I lived outside Fort Benning, some of the soldiers' families there would tell us stories that uh, during the summer at a certain time in the afternoon, the post authorities were able to turn off the air conditioning on post. I know why they were doing that, to conserve energy, prevent brownouts, blackouts, and all of that, and I get that. The only point I'm making is with smart meters, you can control whether somebody has electricity to their home. And there's nothing they can do about it. Even if their bill is paid in, paid in full and up to date. If you want to get somebody's attention, government has ways it can do that in the future. And all of the technology and so forth is, is all easily there to control people. Now, these things right now, obviously are being used for, uh, in most cases, I would say, for good purposes, like finding a criminal and all of that. I mean, it's hard to argue with that, right? But what if, what is the, if it's determined that you are now the criminal? You are not going along with the plan. You are now a public enemy. Well, you can understand how artificial intelligence can be a significant threat for the future. Experts who think about these things point out that there is something now called the Internet of Things, where your home uh, becomes a smart home, where you can turn your alarm system on or off at a distance, turn on lights, turn down the heat, turn up the AC, whatever, you know, smart meters, all of that. All of this is increasingly tied in. Whoever controls that 
can control you. You see what I'm saying here? So you are scaring me, Pastor Ed. I'm just saying, think about how this can be misused. Even if you don't believe in the Bible or the tribulation, we are all starting to realize that government often has a government within the government that wants to control people. And these are very handy tools. But what happens when machines begin to think for themselves and we can't, we can't stop that and we can't understand how they do that and that's where we are. In fact, we're probably way beyond that by now. This becomes a problem. I want to read for you a passage of Scripture and we're not going to get deeply into this yet, but we will uh, soon but not in this episode. But I I want to point out something that you've heard of, and I can't go into great detail in this episode, but we will as we go forward. There is coming a world leader that we often refer to as the Antichrist. The Bible calls him the beast because he's he's anti-Christ. He's a substitute Christ, but he's also against Christ. He hates God. He hates those who love God. And his goal is to bring, basically Satan uses him to gain the worship of the world, you know, through him. And there's there's so much we've got to go over, but we can't do all of that in one episode. But anyway, in the book of the Revelation, chapter 13, I'm going to read verses 14 to 18 of that chapter. Now, he talks about the false prophet, which basically is the front man for the Antichrist. Verse 14, And deceiveth them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast, saying to them that dwell on the earth that they should make an image to the beast which had the wound by a sword and did live. And he had power to give life unto the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause that as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. And he causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads, and that no man might buy or sell save he that had the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man, and his number is six hundred, three score, and six. There's coming a time in future world history during the tribulation period where the false prophet will create a, an image of the beast. He'll, he'll have the world do this. And the image of the beast basically takes on a life of its own, in, a, in essence. And everyone is required, if they want to be part of the world system and continue to live, to take the mark of the beast. Now, think about 
artificial intelligence. And, it, and I've been wondering recently, could this image of the beast be uh, a robot, for example, programmed with artificial intelligence and virtually unstoppable? Now, I'm not saying that, that this image is in charge. I'm just saying that in terms of forcing people to worship, and actually people would do this willingly, but it's like they don't really have a choice. With everything being digitized, money with uh, the Internet of Things, how, how could all of this work together as a massive global trap? Well, I don't have all the answers to that, but I don't like the direction that I see everything heading in. Even online merchandisers know so much about you that they are able to make predictive sales. They know that you're about to run out of dishwashing liquid. So that order is placed without you doing anything and it shows up at your home in just the right time. Isn't that wonderful? Well, that can work two ways. Bible prophecy has a funny way of literally fulfilling itself. So when you think about the passage I just read, some of you are tempted to say, well, that's, that's all just metaphorical for this and that, and it's all symbolism. I believe what I just read is actually going to happen in the future. Now, I want you to think about something. The beauty of a snare, a trap, is it is not detected by an unsuspecting animal until it's too late. And that's what Jesus was warning about. You know, Google and the other tech companies know just about everything about you. They even know probably where you are right now and what you're listening to. We are late in the game in future trends. And I believe once the rapture of the church occurs, all of this will begin to be used against the world's population. And, and by the way, this may be like just like a rec league stuff. I'm sure what's coming in the future that men have not even thought of yet will be even more chilling. But you can see the trend. You can see where things are going. And again, even if you don't believe in the Bible, surely you can see that in terms of the future, that, the, that governments of the world fear their populations by and large in anything that helps keep people in line, like China is using all of this, will be a welcome tool. So I hope this gives you things to think about. I don't know exactly how AI fits in all of that, but it's, it does bring up these questions, right? You know, it's, it's not too late yet for you because God knows everything about you. He knows even more than Google knows, and he loves you. God's been tracking you from the time you were created in your mother's womb. He sent Christ to this earth to die on your cross and pay the price for your sins that you could be saved 
and live with Him forever. And God is the ultimate authentic intelligence. And He's tracking you to try to bring you to faith in His Son, Jesus Christ. I want to share some scriptures with you relating to that as we close. Probably you've heard of this verse or you've seen the numbers and wondered, what is that about? John 3.16. Ever seen that on a sign at a ball game? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That's what God wants for you. He says in the book of Romans, chapter 10, verses 9 through 13, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, shall be saved. So if you're listening today and you're an agnostic, a Scientologist, a Hindu, a Muslim, a Buddhist, a Jewish person, an atheist, whoever you are, if you will trust Christ today, invite Him into your life to be your Savior and Lord, accept what He did on the cross to pay for your sins, Believe that he rose again the third day. Ask him to save you. He will save you. So my prayer for you today, even before I did this podcast, is that many of you would personally come to faith in Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord. If you've done that, if you've asked him to save you today, and you would like encouragement, you can email me at pastoredhill at gmail.com. I'll be happy to encourage you in your new faith in Christ. One thing you should do as soon as possible is seek out a Bible-believing church that believes in Jesus Christ the way we've been talking about today. There probably is one near you and follow the Lord in baptism, and then begin to learn your Bible, and with his help, live the Christian life as a witness to others. I'm so thankful that you listened today to This Week in the Word. I hope you will invite others to listen as well. They can find that at www.dredhill.podbean.com. That's www.dr, no period after the dr, d-r-e-d-h-i-l-l dot podbean dot com. Let others know so they can listen too. 
We'll continue in our next episode in future trends. Thank you so much for being a part of this episode, and God bless you is my prayer.